Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek for the voyage home one minute at a time. I am David Stoker. And I am Chris LaSalle. Yeah, I said that so weirdly. Um, I don't know why. Probably because I have caught a cold and you can probably all tell. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be sniffling a lot and I apologize for that off oh, the bat. Oh, God. All right. Uh, this episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> um this is uh, minute number 15 and this minute starts with Chekhov giving an update on the hms bounty cloaking device and then this ends with spock arriving on the hms bounty bridge it's all about that bounty i don't i, I know we talked about it like briefly and i know i mentioned it i just i don't like the name the bounty for the for the ship, I don't. I don't think it's appropriate. It's not. I, yeah, I agree. Like you said, it should have been the uh, the Enterprise, right? That's yeah. the one they mutineered on, or mutinied on. Mutinied. Yeah, mutinied. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you're going to be is complaining it, about that every time we see the is that, is, 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 that, is, is, is Yeah, is that the irony? Is that the irony that you know, uh, you know, like. Uh, uh, Alanis Morissette's ironic song that's not really ironic, but there the irony is is that it's not really ironic. Uh, I could see Bones uh, doing that, right? This is Bones' idea, I think, to paint it to put yeah, that on yeah. the side. Yeah, I could see yeah. him being. Yeah, he's he's got a wry sense of humor. Oh, Bones. So right. this so this starts with uh, Chekhov saying the cloaking device now available on all flight modes. Uh, and did we talk? Did we talk about the cloaking device? I think we did, didn't we? Well, we talked about you know why why not why not take a Vulcan ship back to Earth and yeah. let the, let the Vulcans pick this thing over and you know yeah the Vulcans don't have cloaking technology. The Federation doesn't have cloaking technology. It seems right. Yeah, it's ripe for the pickings, right? Yeah, and it's part of the the treaty they made or the the whatever law they have that, that prohibits them from using cloaking devices, which I, I feel like just gives all your enemies an unfair tactical advantage. For sure. But it's, uh, that's, you know, Federation's all uh, up on their moral high horse, right? And it's just, that's not fair. That's not fair. It's not fair to go sneaking up on me. And I would have figured, so they have this ship, and they can, you know, look it over, and... Wouldn't that come into play, say, I don't know, if they had a movie about a Klingon ship that could, you know, fire while it was cloaked? Like, wouldn't that come in handy at some point? Hmm. Again, you keep alluding to these other films that I'm not, <laughs> not familiar with. Maybe at some point they make a movie like that, but you would think that they would take all that information they learned from the cloaking device and be able to develop some sort of, I don't know, system to detect when a ship is cloaked even and i guess what bugs me about it is that this isn't a theme like just in uh tos this is a theme throughout star trek because clearly in next generation beyond they have problems with the cloaking devices as well because sure. there have been many episodes where they've gone up against like the romulans with their cloaking devices and they they don't detect them or they have to detect some sort of you know 
particle in the in, in space or something, and Data, you know, does his fancy handwork and you know discovers that there's a shift in the mag, you know, the neutrons or something. And <laughs> don't you think there'd be more um, a more uh, uh, low tech, low fi way of of spotting a a ship that's cloaked? Um, you know, like a you know, can't the Enterprise fire a a 360 degree, you know, paintball like in a sphere, right? Just would it wait till it hits something. That'd oh, there fantastic. it is. Right? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I mean, it's not how they do it in the movies where, you know, if someone's invisible, they just throw like dirt on them or oh, yeah, whatever. Dirt and water, paint. It's all, you know. Yeah. I, I have a question on uh, Chekhov's line is almost throwaway. Um, yeah. We, you know, uh, now available on all flight modes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm assuming that means. Uh, you know, impulse and warp and whatever else in between uh, thrusters. So is, is that um, uh, is that a an improvement he's made? Like I don't know if we do we know that you know can you cloak when you're in warp? Um, and I'm just wondering. I'm wondering one is that is that you know has he improved upon things? And um, I, yeah, I don't. I I think I think no because I think he's just. Um, you know, because Kirk's next line is, I'm impressed, a lot of effort on a sh- for a short voyage. And he said, we are in an enemy vessel, sir. I did not, didn't, didn't wish to be shot down on our way to our funeral. Um, is it more of he's learned how to use the devices more so than, than just he's improved? Because this goes back to my, my thought, like we don't have... You know, we in the Federation don't have cloaking devices. How would he know to reprogram it to be available in all flight modes? Right, right. So you just you think he's just saying it's available in all flight modes? Yeah, he figured, he's out, just say, he figured out how to work work the he, system. He, yeah, he he found the button that says cloaking device. <laughs> is basically what happened there. Right. Uh, okay. Um, because if if he if he did, like let's just say for argument, he he did what you said, which is. Um, reprogramming it so that it was available on all flight modes, something that the Klingons have never been able to do in the history of their, uh, you know, right. In the, in the history of their history, uh, smartest man alive. Yeah, exactly. He should be getting a, a medal accommodation at least. Yeah, exactly. So he thinks they're going to their own funeral. Yeah. It's, a, it's, pretty, it's pretty grim, right? So. I don't know if we we talked about like their decision, um, per se. What do you think? What? Let's say you're a member of the crew. Okay. Your 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 crew member Chris. Oh, you're setting you're in my the, dream. <laughs> you're in the you're in the lineup, and Kirk's saying, you know, do you, do we go or no go? Like, yep. what yep. what's your vote? What's going back? Vote? Okay, so if I well if I vote no, what does that mean? That I have to stay on Vulcan the rest of my life in sure. exile? Sure. Okay. Um, I have not. Uh, let's see. Do I like Vulcan cuisine? I don't know. Um, what a Vulcan! Am I, attract, am I attracted to Vulcan ladies? Could I see a life here on Vulcan? <laughs> no, I would say yes. I would be like, of course, I got to go back. You know, they, these guys are. It's 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 the crew of the Enterprise. They're very upstanding. Um, True. You know, they don't have a Doctor Smith. Right. That is that true. Would, they do not like, have a Dr. Smith. Yes. I'm not going back. You know. Uh, so wouldn't, I, wouldn't a small part of you be like, everyone's in the commissary. 
I could just go take that ship and get away. Because like A, because <laughs> it has a cloaking device, they'd never be able to find me. And B, I got a cloaking device, they'd never be able to find me. That's aw- Okay, so here's what I love about that idea. So you're saying, wouldn't it be cool if Chekhov ran? Yeah. Right? Took the, took the bird of prey, ran, uh, never to be seen again, right? Just a lifetime of running. Um, and then he'd show up like in next generation he could he could you know he could just show up in in, in Ooh, all the yeah. different you know all the different series just you know he's grown his hair out he's now yeah. this, oh wow right smuggler or whatever just living on the the fringes um although i don't think he'd grow his hair out because isn't he like completely bald now uh yeah yeah <laughs> no Actually, but i mean yeah. you gotta think that him and sulu are talking being like you know we pilot this thing. We can take it. Like Kirk, it was all Kirk's idea. Like, let's just jump in this thing and let's beat it, man. Let's go to Ryza or whatever the Ryza. whatever the fantasy planet is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I like. Uh, 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 someone needs to write that that novel. Get on it. That would be Listeners. great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, they they think they're on the way to their own funeral. Um, so what I mean, uh, we we talked about you know they're being charged with nine counts of Starfleet violations yep. and yep. Uh, we don't quite know if Kirk and the crew know that they're being charged with they know they're in trouble but I don't know if they know you know right. how much but what's the worst that's going to happen to them they're going to be court-martialed does that mean they're thrown in jail no I would think that they're going to be how many well I guess money is not really an object you know when in this time period. So I'm just thinking like, you know, can you imagine how many billions of dollars, how many <laughs> trillions of dollars in enterprise costs? Yeah. Like, look at it. So back. they, yeah, they, yeah, I think, yeah. I think they all get kicked out of the service. I think they'd go to jail because they stole Federation property and blew it up. Okay. Um, I mean, they had a good reason. No, no, sure. Sure. I just was like, really, what's the big deal? Are they just going to get a slap on the wrist or are they, they in for some serious jail time? I would say they are in for some serious jail time. Okay. All right. Well, then Chekhov's would, attitude is appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I would say I would say though that Kirk would, you know, throw you know throw himself on the mercy of the court and be like, "This was all my idea. I roped them into it, and mm-hmm. you know, throw the book at me, and you know, they're just accomplices. So give them, you know, lesser sentence. You know, yeah. make them, you know, shovel manure on the moon or something. You know." Uh, again, another thing I want to see. You know, just some some bad. You know, can you totally see like Scotty and or Sulu and Chekhov like in the KP line peeling potatoes and? <laughs> Absolutely. We should have taken the vessel. All right. Uh, so we're moving on, right? Kirk says uh, calls down to the engine room now for a report from Mister Scott. Um. We get him walking down some big long hallway, uh, just to uh, you know all of us who've been complaining that that ship ain't so big. Yep. Uh, he's given us a good sense of how big it actually is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what he's converted the uh, blah, 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 dilithium sequencer into something less a little less primitive, and replaced the Klingon food packs. And is this supposed to be a joke up here coming up? Oh, it is such a joke, and it is a bad one. So give me a sour stomach, and Kirk says, oh, is that what it was? Meaning? 
meaning the Scott, stink. Yeah, Scott, he's a little stinky. Yeah, he's. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm surprised that this is his status report. You know, I fixed the engine and oh yeah, I did the food packs and they've been there for three months. Is this that wouldn't that have been like the first thing he did was fix the engine or fix the food packs? Yeah, I would have thrown the Klingon food packs away like day one. Right. Like, why would you? A, why would you eat them? And B, why would you continue to eat them if they're on Vulcan? Yeah. Is that implying that Vulcan food is worse than Klingon? Wow. That's bad. Um, you mean there's no Vulcan Wendy's they could just go down to or get themselves a five for five or whatever it is? Um, what do you think of the, the – the, the, wherever he is, where is he? Is he in the cargo bay? Yeah, yeah he's like in the – well, yeah, this is obviously, you know. Yeah. We'll see this later. Right. But this is – yeah, I think it also, to your point, it does give us a sense of scale as to how big the cargo bay is. Because we obviously are going to see this later. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I guess it's unremarkable otherwise, right? You see yeah. some more of the, you know, suitcases and whatnot in the corner. And uh, you just, I, I guess I've never noticed, like, oh, yeah, you can see this. It, there's there's two bays. He's walking through one of them, but there's a second one you see at the end of his, right. end of his walk. Which I don't know, man. They don't look that big. <laughs> Remember that. Yeah. I, yeah. All right, so here we go. I, 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 I'm waiting to talk about this next section. Um, right, prepare for departure, blah, blah, blah. Everybody not going to Earth, better get off. More jokes. More ha-has. Although I will say the Sulu gives him a little uh, smile, though. He, appro- he approves of that joke. Did he? he? Approves, he oh, yeah, he approves of the, oh, is that what it was? He gives him a smile. <laughs> Oh, he's not hes not smiling at the everybody get off joke. No, I think he's smiling at the, uh, oh, is that what it was? <laughs> okay. I was going to say, because Sulu to me would seem to be, he'd be more of an eye roller at Kirk jokes when yeah. Kirk's not looking. But, um, so this is it now, Savick, right? We, we get to, the first time we're seeing Savick, and the first thing Kirk says is, see you later. Yeah, this is, this this is, is goodbye. goodbye. Although this isn't the first time we should have seen her. Uh, we should have seen her back in minute nine uh, when Bones makes the joke, I just wish we could have cloaked the stench. Mm-hmm. Apparently she was with them in that whole group of people, and uh, they have a little conversation. She says, Admiral, I'd like to continue my work on the ship until you leave. Uh, thank you, Lieutenant Savick, and here is a deposition I have made. If it is not su- sufficient, I will return to Earth to testify. And he says, don't concern yourself, Savick. Your leave has been granted for good and proper cause. How are you feeling? Oh. And I am well, Admiral. And Kirk says, you will be in good hands here. So this goes more, I think, to uh, how she's feeling after the emotional time she had with Spock? Or is this with the David situation that was supposed to be introduced. Oh, I, I assumed it was yet another thing. Uh, Oh, okay. Well, the, the, I mean, the whole, the, uh, Safik was supposed to be in early drafts of the script is, is supposed to be pregnant. Right. Um, Yes. And so that when when you were just reading through that, that bit there, you know, how you're feeling, I'm assuming he was asking how you're feeling with the, you know, 
Yeah, with the baby. With the baby. I, I, I wish I have not been able to find the draft of the script where that's talked about. Yeah. Um, but there was, a, there was, uh, and there's, there was, there was actually a section in, in Amanda's conversation with Spock and during the, you know, after the memory test. Right. Um, where she was supposed to give, was supposed to tell Spock the news. Right. Um, and hesitates and doesn't. Um, and so, I mean, again, I'm, a, I'm very glad they, they cut this out. Glad they took it out. Glad it's not there. But, but so if this it was like... there, it would have changed everything. And I think we've talked about that, right? We just, all, all the future movies, um, yeah. everything about, everything about Spock would be different if he had a child somewhere. So this goes back to, um, obviously we had huge discussions, you know, not just here, but on the forums, uh, you know, the listener federation about, you know, what actually happened between Savick and Spock, you know, during, uh, Pon Far, right? Yep. And we we talked about it, and you know, some people were on the side of you know it was just you know the the, the hand rubbing, and then other people were like, no, it was you know more intimate. And I think this the script lends credence to the fact that it was definitely more than just she soothed him by rubbing her, you know, her their hands together. There was more behind the scenes, right? Which I which I which I find fascinating, but I agree with you. Um, it, almost in the same respect of, uh, remember when they brought Superman back in? Um, I think it was Superman Returns. It was uh, oh, I can't think of his name. Uh, Brandon Routh, I think, was Superman. Yeah. And in that movie, Superman has a son, and you were like, well, that just changed the whole character for everything. Is like Superman can't have a son. You know, that's that's weird. Yeah, it is. And, and I think it's the same thing. It's like when you give someone like that, a, a child, it changes the dynamic drastically. And I was about to, I was about to start talking about Kirk and, you know, Kirk had a right. son, but you know, they, they killed him, 10, killed him off 10 minutes later. I know. Right. Yeah. Right. So I mean, he, for a brief shining moment, he had a son. It didn't really, uh, although it affected him for a little bit in the films, it never really defined his character later. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think we he knew about the son, so it wasn't like it changed his personality in any way. Like it wasn't like, "Hey, welcome back!" Oh, by the way, your your you know your shipmate is pregnant with your baby that you probably don't remember, you know, making. Right. Well, I, th- okay, I think he would have freaked out, ran out of the cave, and jumped off the cliff. <laughs> oh my god. Well, you know, it's interesting. So, so obviously there's, you know, there's stuff in the script. Um, you found some additional, you know, conversation with Savick. The novelization by Vaughn and McIntyre has this scene. This scene's all like stuck. The stuff you were just uh, talking about back in minute nine yep. is actually all part of this minute, let's say, minute 15 right. in the yep. novelization. But there's even more added to it. Um, uh, and... Uh, it's more, you know, she wants to, she wants to come back with them, right? She's, she, rather than give her de- deposition electronically, she wants to come with them. She's like, there's nothing for me here. Um, right. And, you know, Kirk's trying to change her mind. He's like, you've got a great deal to learn on Vulcan, almost as much as Spock. Um, and you'll be a better Starfleet officer for your stay here. Um, and he said, uh, besides you're the only one who knows everything that happened on Genesis, um, you may be able to help Spock regain access to his true memories. 
Oh wow! And uh, and she says, uh, my knowledge has not as yet been required uh, in Captain Spock's refusion. Um, so, so at oh, this wow. at this point, and I didn't pick up on this, and maybe you did, and I'm just at, at this point, Spock's not coming with them. It, yeah, I, no, I, I, yeah, I had not anticipated that. Um, do we know that? Do we know that he was planning on going at this point? Uh, no, I think I've always assumed that he was, and I mean, you know, he shows up in the next minute, uh, or does he show up in this minute? Well, and yeah, he shows up. He, well, he shows up at the end of this minute, like in the door, right? But, um, but I just assumed he was going back with them all. And he already said it. Spock already said he wants to go back and offer testimony. Yeah, he says, I must go to Earth to offer yeah. testimony. So that's the first that anyone knows that he's going back to Earth. Right. But it, but it is, yeah, it, it is, in, in again, in the novelization, is carrying on. It, it says, uh, Jim says, you know, apparently we won't see Spock before we leave. Um, if the subject should, should if the subject should come up, tell him I wished him goodbye and good luck. Right. And she and she answers, should I converse with Captain Spock, Admiral? I shall endeavor to give him your message. Um, so I think mm. it's again didn't pick up on it, but I think it's supposed to be a surprise to everybody that Spock does show up and wants to come. Right. Mm. So anyway, some it's I wish they yeah this stuff I wish they left it in. I mean, Safik is so underused and so uh, you know. Well, I think yeah, I think. And I think we talked a little bit about it last, you know, on Search for Spock was that, you know, David dies and, you know, and it should be this big traumatic episode in Kirk's life. And it just sort of like here they sort of wrap it up in a bow and just, you know, you do hear about David again, but it's all it's very brief. And it's sort of like, you know, Savick says, sir, I've not had the opportunity to tell about your son. David died most bravely. He saved Spock. He saved us all. I just thought you should know. And, you know, the bow, David character, done, we'll never, you know. Right. I don't want to say never talk about it again because we do in uh, Undiscovered Country for like a minute. Um, but I just feel like, yeah, I agree with you. I feel like Savick's role, I feel like David's role, I feel like that it, it flashed too brief. In the you know we always talk you always talk about like uh, uh, unreal's unrealized potential or you know all this material that they use and then they just they just waste it right and I feel like you know Savick was just such a wasted you know she was great in Wrath of Khan and then okay in Search for Spock but then you know they just never moved on with her and I just felt like that that was bad yeah yeah and this uh, and this. This Leah, like you said, wrapping up in a bow. Um, her her telling, well, well, telling Kirk about what happened. Right. This, this is how I would describe what happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, David. Yeah, he he saved Spock, saved them all, you know, and then he died. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about some other movie. Um, this isn't a couple. So a couple things here is why haven't they? Why haven't they had a chance to have this conversation in the past three yeah, months? That's, yeah, that's right? another thing I was thinking of is like why on the moment you're leaving you suddenly tell him, oh, you know, David died bravely. He saved us all, you know, instead of, you know, maybe two and a half months ago. Right. And wouldn't Kirk want to like, I don't know, ask some clarifying questions? 
you know, yeah. like, tell me more. what happened, you know, uh, how many punches did he get in before he got stabbed? You know, just, right, you yeah. know, you know, painful as, you know, I'm joking, right. But as painful as, you know, having to relive, relive that or hear that, you would think he'd want some closure and understand how it all went down. He doesn't know that, that, uh, you know, David jumped in the way, right. And tried to save Savick when Savick right, was going to yeah. get the knife and he doesn't know any of that stuff. And obviously he doesn't know it now because she's just telling him and she doesn't give him any details. Right. So, uh, yeah, I would have liked to have seen that, you know, having it over a drink or something where she, you know, comes in and tells the story and, you know, either has a cry or, you know, stares off into the distance. I don't know. I just feel like, again, they wrap it up with a bow and it's sort of like, okay, this is a side. Let's move on. Well, they're definitely trying to move on, right? We know. Right. <laughs> We're a minute fifteen. They're trying to move on and get on with the movie, right? We're just we're, we're we've barely started. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, definitely. Yeah. And I'm not saying they need to like. I don't know. They need to dwell on it, but I mean more than a blurb. Right. In in a movie, I mean, he was your son. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um. So can we talk about like the last two seconds? Sure. Uh, I, I have a, well, so the last two seconds is the, you know, we see the shot of the, the doors to the bridge with the Klingon, uh, that's not a logo. What is, what is that? What am I thinking of? That's not the right name. Yeah. It's like their logo. Is their the uh, seal? Is it the Klingon seal? Yeah. It's like that tri-bladed yeah. thing. Yeah. It's like whatever, I don't know, the seal of the Klingon empire, I guess. Yeah. Is that like the seal of the president? Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't think. I feel like I'm not saying the right word, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, so the door, and then the door is open, and there's Spock. Right. Uh, so I have. So there's a great. Um, I think you and I have talked about this somewhere in our lives. That the. Um, I'm gonna shift gears for a second. So the trailer for Return of the Jedi. Yep. Um, there's a an amazing moment in that trailer where uh, the elevator door to it ends up being the Emperor's throne room. The elevator yes. door opens, right? The red lights go up, the yep. door opens, and it's Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader side by side, and Luke just glances at Darth Vader. Yes. And that's it, right? And then they cut away. So it's the right. briefest of moments. But it, when I saw that, I remember freaking out, like, Oh my God, he's turned to the dark side and he's right. Yeah. Right. Just that look he gave him was like, we're pals now. Um, and so it was just an awesome shot. And that's, and it, this shot here of the Klingon doors opening in their Spock, I thought that if you put that in the context of a trailer showing that, be like, Oh, has he turned, is he, he's with the Klingons now. <laughs> that's, what, <laughs> that's what it made me think of. Um, that so, would have been cool. Yeah. So that's all I had for minute 15. Yeah. No, I'm good. You good? Yeah. All right. All right. So it's Friday. So uh, it is now uh, time to thank the patrons. I was trying to make that sound all dun da da da. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we were, uh, we, uh, if you haven't heard, uh, we have started a, a Patreon account this season. Uh, you can uh, head over to Star Trek Minute.com and click on the. Uh, Patreon link if you would like to become a patron of the show. Uh, we've got all different um, 
uh, levels that you can help us out uh, sponsor the show and uh, in return we've got all sorts of cool uh, uh, swag and, and tidbits and things that we give back to you the listener um, and one of those things is we uh, we are actually going to thank folks uh, thank our patrons on the air uh, every Friday and so this is that time where we thank our patrons yay yay uh, so here we go in no particular order or I don't know what order they're in um, uh, we are going to thank uh, a David but not that David uh, <laughs> It's a David, but not the only David. Was it not the only David? Yeah, it's yeah. Oh, see, I already screwed it up. You did. You're right. I don't have the full spreadsheet in front of me. Everything's truncated. So we're going to start over and say thank you to a David, but not the only David. Um, Captain America. Now we have celebrities supporting us. Of course we do. Steve Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Conrad. Uh, giraffe bear. Thank you to Giraffe Bear. Actually, that's my wife, and that's her uh, felting company. So in case you're interested in cool felting goods, check out Giraffe Bear on Etsy. Uh, John, thank you to Kevin. Thank you to the Carlisles. Thank you to uh, Timmy Bricks. I know we were supposed to only say first names, yeah. but I like this guy's last name. I'm assuming yep. that's a pseudonym. Hey, it's Timmy Bricks. Timmy Bricks. He's in deep with the Lego consortium. <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, Vibrant Visionaries. So thank you to everybody who's uh, sponsoring the show. We really appreciate it. Um, appreciate your support. And it uh, yep. warms our heart to know that uh, you guys enjoy, are enjoying the show and uh, uh, willing to throw some money at us. So thank you all. Yes, definitely. Thank you. And uh, yeah. Okay. So great. So uh, we're going to head out for the weekend. And um uh, we'll be back with minute what 16 uh, on Monday. Minute 16 of the voyage home here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye. <laughs>